and welcome to the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Goals Allowed, with me, your host, Jono Butler. This month, I am joined by none other than Liam Banks. Hello. Sarah Thomas. Hello, hello. And Richard Parker. Hey, folks. Who has come back because this <laughs> month, we are going to be talking about films that Richard has actually seen. I, I was feeling like we could have said a comeback from the dead pun there because of the topic but, but yeah we'll go with it, damn it. <laughs> missed yeah. opportunity Jono it's too late it's too late I just wanted to slam Richard and I didn't think about the actual pun <laughs> opportunity but this month we are going to be talking all things shambling undead we're going to be talking about zombies uh partly because of the release of Zack Schneider's uh, new Netflix film Army of the Dead uh, and partly because zombies are flipping cool. So um, we are going to be talking Army of the Dead and also bring in some of our favourite zombie movies to the table. Now, I know everyone on this episode of the podcast has seen Army of the Dead, Zack Schneider's latest. Um, just by a quick yay or nay, can I just get, did you enjoy it? So one word answer from everyone, Liam. Yay. Okay. Sarah? Yay. Richard? Yay. I think Rich, Richard was the, he was definitely the most enthusiastic yayer of everyone. I think <laughs> Liam was probably the least. Yeah. I felt like you wanted to say more words and I've heard that you've bought notes. If you don't know me better now, Jono, you <laughs> always know I want to say more words. I think like unconcise is my middle name. <laughs> <laughs> Liam Unconcise Banks, which yeah, we'll may take or, that. May or may not be a word. Um, yeah, inconcise. In I feel like yeah. it's inconcise. Inconcise. Yeah. yeah. Also, cannot speak English as well. So no, that's that's the surname. Right there, you go. <laughs> Liam Unconcise cannot speak English. Banks. Banks. Double yeah. barreled. Yeah. <laughs> so. I'm just. I'm going to give you my thoughts about it first, and I can get mine out of the way, and then we can pass it on to on to you guys because I feel like you'll have more interesting things to say than me. Um, first of all, I was excited about it because um, I'm a fan of of a lot of Zack Schneider's work, um, so it was something I was definitely looking forward to seeing. I was slightly less looking forward to seeing it when I heard it was two and a half hours long for a zombie film, which I sort of <laughs> thought. Mm, you know, for this that kind of escapist popcorn entertainment, maybe that's gonna mm -hmm. grate a little bit. How much of that is gonna be slow motion? Um, <laughs> Twenty-eight <laughs> minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I was pleasantly surprised. Um, I enjoyed the film more than I thought I would. I didn't think it grated. I thought it was paced pretty well. I don't think uh, it's two and a half hours was particularly overlong although i think we probably could have lost a few scenes here and there um mm -hmm. i thought particularly the, the the gore effects and the practical effects were spot on some of the stringy stuff in particular i loved mm. uh some of the set pieces were absolutely class um although on the flip side i do sort of think that it was zack schneider to the extreme uh, which I think has been a little bit of a problem with some of these Netflix-backed films where mm. they give a director free reign. Um, like the Michael Bay Six Underground was so Michael Bay it hurt. 
it was, it was <laughs> yes. too much. Uh, and I think this maybe just stayed on the right side. It, it was indulgent, but not to the point of overindulgence. Um, hmm. um, so, yeah, on the plus side, as I said, gore effects, practical effects. I thought the cast was pretty decent. I enjoyed Dave Bautista particularly. Um, so I would definitely give it a thumbs up and say definitely go and watch it. Although mm-hmm. it's definitely not the best zombie film out there. And stressfully, it's not the best Zack Schneider zombie film out there because I do think Dawn of the De- Dead was a was a better film. Um, mm. But if you've got Netflix, you, you you could definitely spend two and a half hours much worse. Yeah. It's well spent. It's a well spent two and a half hours, mm. I'd say. You seem really into it, Rich. I mean, I know that when we've previously spoken about stuff, I think you you like zombie films is a part of horror that you really enjoy, isn't it? So you must have been like, pardon the French, creaming your drawers when you found out about this film. So. <laughs> Ooh! <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I had a whale of a time. I really did. I, really I wonder what it. you were going to say then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that would be weird. Um, <laughs> well, you no, had I... the time, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, true, true. Um, mm-hmm. I think you know, similar to Jono, um, I, I thought it was it was pretty decent. The the pacing was pretty good as far as I was concerned. Um, I'd seen a lot of stuff online with people saying that the pacing was all out and and they didn't like it for that sort of reason. But mm-hmm. for me, it knew exactly what it was, and it kind of it kind of played to that. It it took the piss in the ways it needed to take the piss. Like one of my favorite moments comes in literally the opening when you see. Uh, the the zombie outbreak starting to happen and there's the guy who's parachuting down and you just you just see him like yeah. just with his pistol just gunning him down and i'm like okay this is excellent like he's gonna like la- oh no he's landing in a bunch amongst a bunch of Massive them forward. like that's like yeah. so you, you in your brain you're just going oh it's fine he's just like clearing himself a nice little path and then no just eviscerated yeah. as he comes into land um, yeah. my only gripe with it was the ending really um mm. i i don't feel like we needed the entire plane scene at the end um i will say one second rich before you yeah, carry on drops, let's drops not let's not warnings. give too much away um because yeah. it's it's is a pretty new release so if you sort of allude oh, to i'm 100 percent spoiling that oh you're spoiling it in that case then spoiler well, alert it. It. Well, yeah i, think, so. I yeah. think we can get away with it because uh, it was it. out at the cinema for a week wasn't it before was it? it was it, well it was in the u.s I think uh, it was kind of unique in the way it was released, like COVID release. Because, yeah, it did go out to cinemas for a week and then everyone's pretty much seen it, I think, now. Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, so sorry, back to back to the ending. Where, spoiler yeah, alert okay. in effect, everyone. Okay, yeah, <laughs> spoiler alert in effect. Um, I feel like they could have... Uh, I loved the, the Batista ending. Like, I thought that was that side of things was great. Um, but the ending for Vanderhoe, I was like, Mm. no um i feel yeah. like they literally could have ended it with him crawling out of the safe crawling out of the bunker at the end and that that's where it should have ended um yeah. i've heard tell that they're maybe setting up for some sort of sequel but i also feel like it, that could have been perfectly fine as an ending to also then set up for a sequel um yeah. i get but- that if they're setting up for the sequel they want to show okay this is where zombies going to come back into it again but I don't feel like it was warranted. Mm. Um, but overall, fantastic. As Jono says, the practical effects were great. 
I didn't think that the like some of the CG stuff was too bad either. I thought at times the tiger looked pretty pretty decent. Um, that tiger was legit. Yeah. I'll give it you was the tiger. So tiger was class. Really cool. Yeah, it's such uh, a good idea as well. Like, because I don't know when you think of Las Vegas, you uh, like tigers are part of that imagery for me because people are just ridiculous there. So, yeah. so <laughs> when the, it makes uh, sense they be zombified. When the tiger was first introduced i was like please be one of siegfried and roy's please be one of siegfried and roy's <laughs> yeah. and then they said it was and i was like oh yes. this is excellent <laughs> did uh, yeah. did anyone else watch the the behind the scenes stuff that's also on netflix i haven't i haven't checked uh, it out i didn't know that stuff was up so no i, I definitely want to though uh, i imagine really it'll be quite heavy um like yeah there, there's a bit that they go into about like creating the tiger and, and getting all the movements and you see some of the green screen stuff as to how it all worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I can't remember the character's name, but the, the guy who gets uh, sent in and essentially betrays everyone. Um, oh, he, yes. He yeah. was talking about his first time doing wire work and stuff like that. Um, I think he was like, Martin. Yeah, the like that, guy. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, uh, it was really interesting to see the bit where he kind of gets thrown around um with literally just a guy in a green morph suit and like him on a load of wires um that was really really interesting to watch um and you know they they talked about the makeup effects and stuff like that and the the horse um was yeah. all done with um like prosthetics and stuff so, i don't think uh, the horse gets enough attention cool. like i mean the tiger steals the show but that horse was pretty fucking sweet yeah the horse looked amazing like yeah um, no it was it was it was very very good i liked yeah. it it was it was um, it was great. I really really enjoyed it. Um, I, I feel like it was kind of almost like a fresh take, a little bit. Um, it was a little bit I Am Legend in parts, um, with them being you know being smart and and almost setting traps and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it, it felt different. Like they were they were smart to a new level. Like with the king having the I assume it was a piece of bowling ball. That he wore as a mask i'm not entirely sure um but that like plate that he had over his face um i thought that, that would be a really cool shout cool. if it was like part of a bowling ball like yeah. I, I i don't know i just assumed it was like some armor of, of some sort but yeah yeah that'd, maybe. Be, that'd be ace um, but it, i felt like it was a great way of just dealing with the oh no we've headshotted the bad guy film yeah. over kind of scenario i thought that was really cool yeah as soon as you yeah. say destroy the brain and then <clears throat> You've got the head zombie there, and his, his his brain is on show. You're in trouble, aren't you? So yeah, yeah. actually having something like that, and him mm. get repeatedly shot in the face but survive is you know it makes sense. <laughs> so they've actually thought yeah. about things, which is good. Yeah, I got yeah. kind of um, it's it sounds really weird because it's it's like a completely separate genre and a completely separate media. But I was saying to Jono the other day that I got serious Rainbow Six Vegas vibes. When they with the shootout in the casino with all of the zombies, because it just reminded me of playing that game and just bullets going everywhere and all of the slot machines just ending up ruined. <laughs> um, so that that was really satisfying from that point of view as well. It was great. That was a great sequence. I love that bit of the. Uh, yeah. Um, I thought that was really good and stylistically it worked really well uh, as well. Like it was motivated, but it was. Yeah. You could tell Zack Snyder was just like just all the slow mo money in the background, yeah. please. Yeah. Let's yeah. just let's go. Having a ball. <laughs> all the cheese, balls to the wall. Let's do it. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, what, no, it was good. What about you then, Sarah? Because you were a little bit less enthusiastic than Richard. Uh, it, it felt like that anyway, but more enthusiastic yeah, than Liam, um, we think. 
<laughs> perfectly middle ground. Um, yeah, and that's kind of my, how I felt about the whole thing anyway, just kind of the whole, yeah, definitely not the worst thing I've ever seen, but certainly not the best. I mean, I think the draw for me, zombie film, zombie media-wise, like I'm really into, I guess, the lore of zombies and kind of like how they come to be, how they develop over time. So I guess my favourite part of, of this film was really understanding you know, the, the not all just fast zombies or slow zombies, if we're just going to categorise them basically, but they all kind of have different levels of um, intelligence really, which if they've been around for a while, you would imagine there to be some kind of difference between a fresh one and a not so fresh one. Mm. Um, at the beginning of the film, I kind of thought, um, oh no, we've just got some Fast boys like World War Z, which kind of, <laughs> it, in my opinion, they're not my favourite kind. Um, and I guess that's just down to personal preference. I find much more fear in these very slow wards of zombies. Like that's where shit gets terrifying for, for me personally. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting, like how they had the different cl um, classifications, kind of like Last of Us style. I think one of the types is actually called Shamblers as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, enjoyed it. Not my not my favourite in terms of pacing and like you say, just how long the actual thing is. And I'll be honest, I had to watch it in like three different settings because life. Um <laughs> so so I struggled with that in particular. I felt like there was a lot of exposition that perhaps didn't needed to be there. Like it just reminded me a bit of that um you know that Rick and Morty episode where they're all enlisting each other for like, um, what what's it called? Like a heist or you mm. son of a bitch, I'm in kind yeah. of that yeah. kind of vibe. And it just it just felt like it was a bit long winded. Let's get into the guts sort of, yeah. sort of vibe for me. Nice pun. Um, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> um, yeah, enjoyed it on the whole. I'm really pleased you brought up the the kind of the hierarchy of the the zombies because it was interesting that they sort of really played on that that if you got bitten by a certain type of zombie you would sort of become that type mm. of zombie so if you got bitten by yeah. the the king for whatever you want to call him you would become one of the more intelligent fast moving ones and then the other thing that that re i really liked was the ones that have been outside for too long sort of got to the point where they were just completely crusted messes until it rained slightly yeah. or got wet and then oh. they would come back to life <laughs> yeah, yeah that was, that was interesting and the Such whole cool sleeping thing. zombie sequence yeah. like that um that part where they, they first enter i guess the, the area and there's just that really quite intense scene of where they're almost just sleeping and just waiting to mm. um yeah. to to awaken which was quite quite spooky to me um Definitely. so yeah lots of different variations which kept it fresh i think if it didn't have that point of difference i think i wouldn't have enjoyed it as much yeah for sure so two quite positive reviews so far three if you count mine um i've seen liam drag over a large book which i assume is his notes uh, mate you do, have no idea <laughs> do you want to do you want to go through bit by bit or do you want to just kind of like charge I in head first a lot of a lot of stuff's been covered and i'm I'm not going to be a negative nelly because i will like preface this by saying i think overall i did enjoy it like which said it was a film that knew what it wanted to be and i didn't expect it to be anything else i didn't expect it to be like a game changer but i think similar to what you said Jono, it was the fact i think it was in snyder's um kind of 
book of work and dawn of the dead i think is far superior as a zombie film um but i'll 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 kind of i'll i don't know i might start with uh i'll go through my positives and then i'll kind of get to to my negative kind of bits and we'll take it from there so I really liked the premise overall. I thought it was a really fun twist on the conventional like, heist movie. Because I think for me, the closest thing we had to compare this to was something like Ocean's Eleven or, or whatever, like with them robbing a casino and, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And it was nice that the threat wasn't them getting arrested or getting caught or tripping a security system. It was literally just getting pulled apart by zombies. Um, I thought it was was great. And that's kind of where I really had fun with it. I think the problem did lie in the fact that it took us like over 40 minutes to actually get to the heist itself. Um, and I think that is something that's common with, with Snyder. Um, I think someone just maybe needs to slap him a couple of times in the editing booth and just be like, mate, get an extra 10 minutes out. Um, mm. we'll, uh, there and, and, and whatever. Um, I think, uh, what I really, really liked, um, and this was kind of going back to the start of it, was kind of the origins of the zombies. There, and I mean, there's been obviously a ton of theories and stuff uh, online since since the film's come out. But with it being in the Las Vegas setting, there's the obvious kind of nod where it all happens in the desert. Is this like an Area 51 government kind of conspiracy thing going on? And I mean, there's been a lot of talk, obviously, since that um, are the zombies actually aliens? And that's where obviously the intelligence and stuff comes from. Um, And uh, also experimentation and stuff with like time travel, because of course, later on in the film, they find the bodies of people who are basically the character archetypes. So is that like them? Have they done this before and failed? And are they just doing it again? So I think if you look at it, you can find some maybe more intelligent things to it if you choose to, or you can just watch it as a zombie heist movie. Um, I really did like the cast uh, as well. I think Dave Bautista is great. I think he was very underused actually in this because comparing it to how he was in Blade Runner 2049, like he can actually act like he's, he's a really good dude. And he is actually quite, we know he's funny from Guardians of the Galaxy as well. And I feel like he was just a bit middle ground uh, in this. But overall, I think you did develop some kind of feeling for each character. Uh, which maybe came with the runtime. So that did work to its advantage Um, because I never felt like any of the characters were safe bar one. Um, And I actually did kind of give a shit when something happened to, to one of them. Um, I think my favorite character um, unfortunately wasn't around for too long was Chambers. Um, So the scene you were talking about uh, Sarah with the slumbering zombies Mm -hmm. um i loved that like that scene when she got betrayed with a glow stick and she literally had to fight her way out i thought was one of the like highlights of the film i thought it was so good and i was so with her in that moment like come on you can do this get out um and yeah obviously then when what happens happens you kind of just left like oh my god like you you did so well and it's i don't know it's tragic which is good um I think it's it's drawing a lot of comparisons to Aliens, and I think she very. I think I maybe liked her so much because she reminded me of Vasquez from Aliens, like the way that she was just kick ass, didn't give a shit. She was just a really great character. Um, we spoke obviously about uh, Martin as well, being the guy that kind of comes in and betrays everyone. I love the fact that he 
I think you immediately knew just from his jawline he was the bad guy. Uh, like, as soon as I saw uh, saw him, kind of like when they were recruiting, like you knew he was just going to be a dick. Um, and I'm really glad that he got the ending that he got. Um, so what you said, Rich, about them being the behind the scenes and stuff, I'd love to see that because I thought that whole sequence was really good. Like you kind of thought they weren't going to go there. And then, oh, yeah, the, the tiger's just completely eviscerated his face. So that's fine. Um so I enjoyed that. I thought that was that was really, really good. Um, I think it kind of leading into some of the bits that I had a, a problem with then, um, character-wise, then I'll segue, was I never felt that, um, I believe it's uh, Ellen, is it? Um, the, uh, the, the Dave Batista's daughter, sorry. Yeah. I, I can't remember her, her name now. Um, oh, Kate, sorry. I think Ellen's the actress's name. Um I never thought that she was ever in danger. Like a hundred percent, I knew from the start she was going to make it to the end of the movie, and unfortunately, it was kind of right. Um, and I don't know. I think it would have been ballsy if they had have completely just done something different and got rid of her. I think that could have been really cool. Um, obviously, her whole subplot was there because of Gita in the the kind of concentration campy. Uh, style place where we introduced the characters um i thought that was a it was a valid story it was a valid reason for her being there but my issue was um i mean the whole the, to say the film was so long there were so many plot holes like i don't actually feel like once the helicopter crashed uh at the end we ever saw gita alive and i'm kind of like i'm sure she was going into saber and i know he she they got money for her but then I'm sure you never actually see her. So I was like, what? Yeah, you sort of have to assume she's just been eviscerated, don't you, by the by the crash? Well, yeah, because obviously like, the pilot, pilot dead. Um, obviously, Batista's bullet. not yeah. great. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's just kind of like uh, the whole point of her being there was for this. Hmm. If she might have not have been there, maybe some other characters would have survived. I but might, then I might have a reason why okay. she's not there I'll, I'll go into in a bit i'll let you go through yeah yeah I'd, yeah so, sorry because i know that this no, is no, just no. Me. i i i don't know i really wanted to because this has been the first time in a long long time that we've had like mm. fresh film to talk about so i really kind of wanted to go into it with that kind of uh mindset of like well yeah this is a popcorn film but is it good because mm. uh, i feel like he he did wonders with the snyder cut uh, of justice league so i was i was excited about this um, I think we did kind of touch upon it. I think there are obviously going to be some uh, prequels. I know that there's a prequel film set um, set up. That's I think that's already been made standalone, and it's then anime story in Germany, isn't it? Army of Thieves. Yeah. Which... So I know that there's possibly some bits they've left open, and I know one in particular was the the robot zombies. I don't know if you guys noticed that. Um, no. You, you, no. No. Talk to me. Okay, so it's like a literally blink and you'll miss it, but some of the zombies have blue eyes. Um, so you'll notice when they get shot, they've got like lights. And there's one in particular in the casino like sequence we were talking about earlier with the cash flying. Um, one of them gets their face shot off and it's just like a metal exoskeleton underneath. And wow. Snyder revealed there were going to be zombie robots in the film way before it was released. Um, but they've kind of confirmed it's going to be something that's going to be clarified in like the the alternative media that they're going to be creating um and i didn't know how i felt about that because 
I'm kind of like, you're giving me a film that's two and a half hours. You're throwing all of these wacky things at me. Like, there should maybe be some context. Mm. But I guess it kind of links back to the Area 51 idea and all of that sort of sort of jazz. Um, but yeah, it was just kind of leaving things open uh, like that. I think uh, Dita as well, um, obviously great character, I assume died off screen. I you still got drugged away. I reckon he's still going. Um, Do you reckon? I reckon, reckon that's so why they did that. The prequel focuses on him, doesn't it? Apparently, uh, yeah. The prequel focuses on him, uh, and then obviously he's got quite a big role in this one. And then Richard, you mentioned something, didn't you? That was an interview saying that it's that classic horror movie thing of if you don't see them die, don't yeah. assume. Yeah, yeah, they're back. They're back for the sequel. Uh, or I'd like, I'd like to see him back though, because um, the I mean the the character is a colossal dickhead which you know you you kind of oh. feel like that's a great thing are, are we still talking about the same guy here the safe like, cracker german safe cracker no we're not talking guy. about the same guy here that's never mind he's not a colossal dickhead i love that <laughs> i was character. gonna say he's a great guy <laughs> just because he's german yeah. <laughs> no yeah no wow. we're not talking about the same guy here i got very confused and i thought we were talking about uh the guy who plays juice in uh, Sons of Anarchy. Yes, um, the guy who they uh, sacrifice at the start of the yes, uh, yeah. when they get in. Yeah, we do see him die. Yes, he, never mind. Carry on. He definitely dies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, like, it might, it's because he, he goes for so long when you think like that's like that's going to be it. He'll be dead completely. But yeah, he doesn't die till much later on. So I've confused myself. Continue. <laughs> um, well, it was it was the same. Obviously, Dita died off off screen or didn't die off screen. We'll assume. But then also Lily, the the coyote, so the the woman who takes them in and is like their guide. Thought she was a great character. Yeah. I know yeah. she gets impaled, fully impaled, so she's not doing well. But we just see Zeus kind of snarl in her face, and then it cuts away again. And I don't know. It, it just felt kind of like. We were given these really punchy moments of absolute death to some of the characters, but then we weren't to others, mm. and I I didn't really get it. Um, I think... Also, I just... Oh, sorry, carry on. No, I, I think she's going to be uh, his new bride. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I reckon, yeah, I reckon I so. I could kind of isn't a thing, is he? But not anymore. anymore, no, but I reckon that was his plan. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, there might have been some zombie sex going on, we don't know, because which, there is a baby. A baby. Yeah, so, I think what they're doing is they're definitely building up for a uh, like a whole world, aren't they? Uh, like a universe. Yeah. And yeah. this is the kind of the, the the taster for it. And as Liam's saying, it would be nice if a few more things were explained. But I mm. guess what they've got to do is drip feed it in to a certain extent. Absolutely. I mean, I completely agree as well. I think it was Rich, you said the main gripe for you is the ending. Um, yeah. I completely agree with that i don't think it was needed i think we as an audience expected to see him kind of come out of the safe at the end um but all it reminded me of and i don't know if if you guys like the same or you have a film that you kind of recall but it just reminded me of the 90s godzilla film you know where you think everything's done and then the camera pans down and then the egg hatches open and you're like oh god more godzilla babies it was kind of just (laughs) like it just reminded me of that but at the same time i do think netflix um, is in a really incredible position now to be expanding this, like you said, Jono, into a, a universe. Um, and I mean, the way that they could do that is literally making these films internationally. So, I mean, we had, we we obviously know that, that the plane that um, the character's on at the end is going to Mexico, I believe. Mm-hmm. So um, 
there's no reason why the sequel couldn't be uh, a Latino-led film. That's it, definitely. And, and the, the prequel is obviously a German-led one. Exactly. And as this virus spreads through the world, we get these films that are made in each territory, telling it from that cultural perspective and, and with characters and, and people. Because I will say, I think the ensemble cast was really organically like diverse. Like It was really nice to see so yeah. many different types yeah. of people um, and it not feel like forced. Um, everyone was there because their perspective or whatever brought a skill set with it that then was key to the heist. And I don't know, I think that's when it works well as opposed to it just being really on the nose like uh, with with the way it can be sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know Netflix was just committed to spend, I think, over $200 million to produce content in Mexico this year alone. Wow. So they're really looking at Latino audiences. Disney Plus have just uh, is launched in um, Latin America as well. So it's it's I don't know. It's it's a big market, and I think they'd be very stupid to not. I don't know. I don't want to say cash in on that, but use it. They've got an audience there. Uh, at the end of the day, um, but I yeah, I think overall enjoyed it um my mum watched it which she doesn't like zombie films and she absolutely loved it like she really really loved it uh, which i was surprised at so i do think it appeals to pretty much everyone (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think that was that was that was the main thing other than i don't know if we were going to talk about it but uh, i guess you guys have looked into it a little bit but did did you guys notice the character or the the person who was replaced yeah, I was gonna, that's what I was going to talk to you about when I said maybe there's a reason for mm. certain things being a little bit off. Um, yeah. Was that obviously the reshoots that they had to do, uh, or that, what they chose to do for the right reasons. Uh, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Um, so if if you if people don't know, the, the, the character of the pilot was originally due to be played by another actor uh, who got embroiled in a, in a kind of a sexual abuse scandal. Um, which I won't go into it all. I don't want to give it the time of day. Um, but uh, Zack Schneider and the, and the team decided that that's it. We're going to cut ties with him and we're going to replace the character with uh, a, a new actor. So they got in uh, Tig Notaro, who plays the pilot, um, mm-hmm. and then had to digitally remove uh, the other actor from scenes and insert her into them. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, they spent millions of dollars on this and she was never on set with any of the other characters. And I, I think bar one, the rooftop sequence where she actually, I think they touch uh, ah. is the, the other lady. That that was the only thing they actually could reshoot because of COVID. Wow. Um, but everything else, yeah, was pretty much green screened and matched in, wasn't it? But my God, for, for saying they struggled so much with removing Superman's mustache, they managed <laughs> know, to right? get a whole character out and replace it without me batting an eyelid i was gonna say i think that's how you know it was done well is we didn't notice like Jono, you didn't know about it until i told you i'd seen a um an article about it the other day mm. and i was so surprised to find that out mm-hmm. like yeah. nothing really felt off about it at all um, no. to then realize that they have digitally removed somebody from it i think and what's then, hilarious is um take the actress obviously who came in um, and replace the role she's still not met dave batista no. which is mental <laughs> because they are literally next to each other in like scenes 
Um, I don't know. It's kind of with music. I think you can get away with it and understand it. You know, like when people collab on a track and they're like, yeah, "Yeah, we've never met. We just did it all over Twitter or whatever. But like a film, that is just insane. The actual work has gone into that for the lighting to match, the angles to match, and then to comp it all in. Yeah. And then I'd be interested to see how they did it. How like how do you go about doing something like that? It, is all of her stuff pretty much shot on green screen, or if they got to go back and basically marry up the frame to get her in the right place? How would you do that? I think they did have to pretty much green screen a lot because obviously they they got the plates on the day. I think that when I've read about it, the main struggle was the fact that she's a lot shorter than the initial actor who was cast, so eye lines had to be digitally altered. Um, they, I mean, I, from an acting standpoint, that must have been so difficult for her. Like, I mean, so intimidating coming into it. It's pretty much a, a finished film and she's got to kind of take on this role. Mm. But also she couldn't really do much in terms of she couldn't ad lib any of the, the lines because they had to match with the script and and what oh, other yeah. characters had, had kind of back and forth. Because, I mean, I noticed, I think, I mean, I didn't notice any of the lines not working. Like, so it, it was nice that it, the role clearly wasn't really gender specific um, and it still worked, which was, which was nice. And I applaud Netflix and obviously everyone involved for actually taking the time to do it because it, it was done for the right reason. Yeah. Um, and that's but, a hell of a lot of work, especially like you say, if they're then having to sort out um, like eye lines and stuff like that, that sounds like my worst nightmare trying to sort crazy. all that out. And I then, think the film was initially ready. Was it August last year? Yeah, and I'm sure they were going to like they were going to drop it last year, and then obviously this whole thing happened. COVID happened and was ongoing anyway. So, yeah, they did the right thing. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And it's it's nice that not only did the kind of the, the the cast and crew kind of go, yeah, this is what we want to do, but then also Netflix and the producers they backed them and they said, yeah you take mm. the money to go and do it you take the time to go and do it um because it was not an insignificant amount well i did read it was still not as much as the zombie tiger cost really say so yeah. the zombie, zombie tiger still oh, cost more money but, than replacing a whole character in I, a whole feature film but i did read that it Christ. cost more to do that than it did to shoot army of thieves in its entirety that is insane <laughs> that is which insane. also means that the tiger cost even more than that which is also insane <laughs> that's yeah that's crazy i mean on the subject of the zombie animals i know we spoke about the tiger and the, the horse earlier um i think i shared in our group chat um on facebook um a trailer way back when um for the new asylum film now it doesn't quite coincide it's not like a, a mockbuster but um have you seen their latest that's coming out called aquarium of the dead i mean no but i'm oh, down <laughs> so it kind of just takes the idea of um <laughs> this zombie tiger and just goes with it with the whole aquarium and i hear that we've got um there's a zombie octopus which i'm in immediately you know where i'm octopus yeah Um, there's a zombie walrus and there are blood sucking starfish oh this is great i don't know why but when you mentioned it my brain went please be starfish please (laughs) please please, we need to set up a watch party for this film because i just have a feeling it's just gonna blow army of the dead out of the water Literally, hey, hey, hey pun intended. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh. yeah, so, I'm down for that. Definitely. Are you guys getting a weird hiss from my microphone? By the way, uh, not from no, nope. not from you. No. no. Oh. Must just be my end. 
I don't think it's a hiss. Is it interference? No, I think it from is. An- from another being? It is, yeah. <laughs> oh, he's snuck in. He's snuck <laughs> in, guys. He's snuck in. He's here. It's Nicolas Cage. You know, for a minute there, I did not realise what you were doing. No, I thought it was genuine. I thought this was even a bit. Cut the cameras. (laughs) Start the podcast. Restart it. He's got a hiss. (laughs) It's okay. It's just Nick. It's just your boy. Um, How are you doing, Katie? He's okay. He's okay. He's just reciting the alphabet in the corner. (laughs) He's getting steadily more angry. (laughs) Anyway, so in Cage Corner this month, um, this is going to be a question that I'm going to put out to the to the panel. Um, obviously, it's been in all of the major newspapers around the world, and every news outlet out there is just fawning over the fact that Nicolas Cage will be playing the Tiger King himself in a TV <laughs> series. But if you could cast Nicolas Cage as one real-life person, who would it be? Oh God! Because okay, yeah, yeah, I've got it. He's obviously he's got form for this. He has played people before, um, but I think it's something that he does particularly well. He's gonna he's gonna really get into that mindset of anyone that you choose. So it doesn't have to look like Nicolas Cage. It doesn't have to be the same gender as Nicolas Cage. It doesn't even have to be the same species as Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I reckon he could do anything. As long, but the only the only rule is that they've got to be a real life being. Liam, you okay. you've got one straight away. I think the immediate one that comes to mind, just because they're real and they are batshit crazy, would be Donald Trump. I was. I just going feel there. like Aww. like if there was like a a biographical film <laughs> made about him, I could just imagine Nicolas Cage just screaming China. China. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just China, nothing else. Just China. I reckon that's, he could the trailer. He could do it Eddie Murphy style and play the whole Trump family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I would love that. I would love that. Nicholas Cage as Trump, and I think it would just be called Trump, wouldn't it? Yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Cage and, and is probably Trump. have like a like a gas cloud coming out of the the pee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I can see that. Just some heavy prosthetics, wig. He's there. Yeah. He's there. Absolutely. I, I think he'd be a, a top choice, actually. There we go. And I think um, it's. I think it's. It's what we deserve. I will <laughs> set the petition up immediately. <laughs> Change.org. Yeah. Cast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sarah, have you have you got anyone or anything that springs to mind? So you know what? Before Liam even said Trump, I was kind of thinking it's got to be some kind of elaborate politician. And then I thought a little bit closer to home, our very own Bojo. <laughs> I thought, yes. you know, the eccentricities and the quirks. I just want Nicholas Cage to say, "Beautiful new blue passport." I just think <laughs> that would be magic. <laughs> Him just oh. telling us to go in and stay in, and then go out and eat out to help out, and then stay in, go out, protect the NHS, save the NHS. <laughs> oh, I, I can I see the recreation. 
Yeah. Oh no, I I kind of like the idea though of of Nicolas Cage also playing Chris Whitty. <laughs> <laughs> Nicolas Cage taking us through the daily slides, I think, would be next slide, please. <laughs> oh yeah, but you know it would be yeah. next slide. <laughs> Just <laughs> stood behind his little lectern. <laughs> Just oh. kicking shit about. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> the entire daily briefing Just, with yeah. Nicholas Cage, Nicholas Cage, and Nicholas Cage on each podium. Nicholas Cage also is Nicholas Sturgeon. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is oh. excellent. We've gone very political so far. Maybe there's a series in this. I, th- I think so. Yeah. A little bit like. Um, uh, Yes, yeah, so it'd be Cage doing impressions of various politicians around the world. I'm sold. I'm there. I again, I will get on change.org. It is up. <laughs> yeah, Richard, what have you got for us? I wasn't going down that flavour, but I'm oh. just going to throw it in there as another another extra. I feel like Nicholas Cage is Dominic Cummings because all that <laughs> bullshit that he spouted about going to Bernard <laughs> Castle sounds like the kind of shit that Nicholas Cage would come out with. So I feel like that would be oh, ideal. No, I, I went uh, like I was struggling to think of something when you said it, and you were like, "Oh, it doesn't even have to be a real person." Oh, like, no. it, it, like, sorry, no, it does have to be a real person. It doesn't have to be like a human. And then, so my brain instantly went, "Well, what if he was a kangaroo? He could be Skipper the kangaroo. That'd be funny." And then I realized that's still that's still essentially a character, so that wouldn't work. Um, and I just I was thinking along the idea of animals, and then I landed on the idea of him playing. Steve Irwin, just because oh. I feel like that excitement from Nicolas Cage yeah. would be incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I still feel that's too soon, Rich. That's way too soon. <laughs> it's always too soon. It's, it's been what? like, what, 20 years? Yeah. <laughs> like, no, like genuinely, like not even as a as a piss take. I just feel like the excitement would be absolutely ideal. Like Steve Irwin was always so excited about every animal he came I across. I love Steve Irwin. Steve Irwin was like, the shit he's great absolutely great yeah and that's what i'm saying like nicholas cage like i I feel like he could do that excitement justice i dig it i dig it my my only thing is i do think nicholas cage would probably prefer to play the the ray uh... you went i was gonna go there Jono, and i just didn't but you just took us there didn't you i I just i just feel like that's the role that cage would go for there's been more depth to it uh because of how deep he swims yeah. Like an uh, animated version, oh. like Shark Tale style. Mm. I feel like we just lost half of our audience now. I was being genuine, and then Jono dropped that clangor, and now we've just lost a bunch of people. Yeah, six people have gone. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. our entire viewership is, is disowned. All three oh, people have no. unsubscribed. Oh, God. Oh, dear. But no, I think they're all great shouts. Um, I'm slightly disappointed nobody said John Travolta because uh, that's the obvious answer. Well, I feel like that could be your choice, John. It's John Travolta. <laughs> Is it John Travolta as John Travolta was starring in Face Off? Yeah. So it's kind of like double inception. Yeah. So so basically, he would go back and he would refilm um, Face Off, only he would then be. <laughs> Much like Both Army characters. of the Dead, superimposed back into Face Off, but <laughs> as John Travolta, as Nicolas Cage, with his face off. I, like, yeah. I feel like um, him as his Tom Cruise uh, doing the I Love Katie thing. Would yeah, be, he um, could do that. Yeah, 
iconic great, moments actually. from the internet with Nicolas Cage. Yeah. He could be just, the guy just, who says, okay, okay. Okay. Oh, him. I also think, strangely enough, if Tommy Wiseau might be an interesting shout. I was, well. I was just thinking Ooh, that. Yeah. Yeah. He'd do a I good mean, Tommy I have, Wiseau. I haven't seen um, James Franco's turn yeah i mean is he is he good he's he's, he's good um but i do think scary actually i I do think james franco is a budget nicholas cage um (laughs) he's another controversial one right now isn't he he is and james franco starred in nicholas cage's only uh film he directed nicholas cage is directed yeah he directed james franco yeah in a film so there you go do we know the film I will Google really quickly. Um, but yeah. I feel like this is something you should definitely have known off the top of your head, Jono. So the, the disappointment is hmm. is a bit real. I'm not going to lie. Very disappointing. Yeah. It's sad that I don't know this. Um, uh, I will find it in a minute and I will come back to you. Uh, at another point in the podcast, just randomly, I'll tell you the name of the film and then just leave. <laughs> We're just in a really sincere moment and then yeah. you just shit out the title. Zero context, <laughs> title out of nowhere, everyone goes, uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the next section of the podcast then is back to zombies. So we've gone away from Nicolas Cage now and we are going to be talking about our favourite zombie films so the zombie films that oh it's sunny by the way i found it sunny by nicholas cage <laughs> and retract just, just to, to ask has, has nicholas cage starred in a zombie film i'm just trying to think of it think like or is that just something that we need to happen that has not yet happened not as far as I i'm think. aware but i would love to see it because yeah that 100 percent is something that we the, we would appreciate I think, I think the closest you're gonna get is mom and dad yeah, I guess. yeah, I suppose. Um, yeah, so that's, hmm. yeah. Good shout. Yeah, good shout. Closest you're gonna get. Um, okay. So yeah, zombie films that mean the most to us or our favourite zombie films. Um, does anyone want to start us off with the one that kind of speaks to them? Yes, everyone that, jumping at once. That'd be that'd be that'd be that'd be no. That'd be no. I'll go. Um, <laughs> Because I'm just going to throw mine out there. Um, I, I've talked about this film on the podcast before. Um, I think it's absolutely stunning. I'm going to go with One Cut of the Dead. Uh, yes, good call. Because it is just so wonderfully unexpected. Uh, pom. Pom. <laughs> pom. <laughs> if you don't know what pom is, I, we can't be friends. Um, hashtag pom. Hashtag pom. Um, but if you can seek it out, if you can find it, it is 100% worth a watch. It is a Japanese... It's on Prime. Uh, it's, it's, on Prime. it's on Prime. You don't even I'm have sure to search it, it out. It, Get it. It was on Shudder for a while, but I don't think it's on there anymore. Yeah. If you've got okay. Amazon Prime, then hop on. One Cut of the Dead. It's a Japanese uh, zombie comedy, um, which for the first 35 minutes is intriguing. Uh, and then we thought it ended. We were disappointed, (laughs) (laughs) but we were told to stick with it and 100% stick with it. Everyone that I have seen it with, I've been to see it, I think three times at the cinema now. Um, and people that I've taken have all had the same reaction, which is for the first 35 minutes, why have you done this? (laughs) And then for the kind of the hour that uh comes afterwards, just grinning from ear to ear, laughing out loud. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's a film that 
even if you are not a fan of uh, world cinema, you can completely overlook kind of the, the subtitle barrier and yeah. just go for it because it's universally funny. So well yeah. done. So yeah. well done. And I, I've said it last time um, that I am disappointed that there is going to be an American remake because... It's going to be a French remake. And I don't a French this, one. I don't know if this is the same that oh. we're talking about. But the, the remake I've read about is French. Oh, okay. Um, I'm still not happy. No, um, me neither. Well, the <laughs> zombie. Yeah. Oui. <laughs> ah. Bon. Wow. There we go. That's that. But that that's my pick. One Cut of the Dead. Uh, seek it out. If it is on Prime, get on it watch it with some friends because I, I do feel like it's definitely one to watch with a group of people so if you can have your five other people in your house this is definitely something to do i would say as well my favorite thing about it was when we went to the cinema to watch it for a second time and there were clearly a bunch of people there who were watching it for the first time and so during the first 35 minutes which is absolutely dire we were wetting ourselves because <laughs> we knew what was yeah. coming and everyone else is looking at us going are these people all right because this is, <laughs> this is terrible like every time i've recommended it to someone i'm like the first 35 minutes is going to be the worst zombie film you have ever seen now i think about it and i have seen worse um but <laughs> but if you stick with it the payoff is so worth it it is yeah. untrue like yeah and every single person that i've shown it to has gone yeah all right when they've gotten to the end of the film and then they've gone out and they bought the dvd because they've loved it yeah, that much yeah. although when i went to go and see it uh for the second time um people left after 30 minutes and i was just kind of staring at them like, imploring them to turn around but i just looked like the mental in the background <laughs> going it's great when it, at that point it really wasn't um but yeah 100 percent, please try and seek it out because it is a very very fresh take on the zombie genre anybody else with a, a zombie boy that they want to bring to the tabula i don't mind going next yes um so i am not actually talking about a film oh controversial um, here she is um so i wanted to mention um one of my favourite video games of all time, and that is the Walking Dead game from Telltale. Um, so it was released back in 2012, and around this time I was kind of not really into the Walking Dead as a, as a series, although I, I did get through a good few series and then realised, actually, this has gone a bit shit. Um, but the game I always look back on with fond memories, especially the first and second ones. So... To summarise, um, the first game is about a uh, well prisoner, soon to be prisoner called Lee, who escapes uh, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse. Finds a little girl whose parents are missing, and they basically go on a mission to find her and find uh, to find them and find safety. Um, naturally, due to like Telltale games, um, I kind of thought this was fitting because you kind of to tell the story through the decisions you make and the decisions you make affect the impact on narrative sometimes but the end game is usually the same and inevitable but um the big thing for me is how you develop with the characters the main characters and also the side characters as well 
think just in general, like my favorite thing about zombie films is kind of that social commentary and, and analysis of the human condition and horrible we are basically um so to see characters like lee and clementine who were truly just sweethearts generally good people yes there's a darker side to some of these people but they mean well and they are loyal and ferociously um ready to survive um but it's a really good game series it does unfortunately get worse as you progress through um but the whole trope of deciding Know, I think part of their marketing campaign through the latter games was uh, hashtag my Clementine, um, who becomes the main character in the later games. But she starts as such a feeble, scared little girl in the middle of an apocalypse, and you can either develop her to be an absolute badass who doesn't care about anyone, or incredibly loyal, just like Lee taught her to be, or just a complete wipe gives into everything so kind of having that control over her and the decisions that i guess you would make yourself if you were in this situation um mm. it just makes it incredibly charming for me as a video game uh so that's my that's my pick i think it's interesting you mention uh, a video game as, as your pick because I think, especially during the 90s and, and maybe even to now, zombies are featured so heavily in, in games, haven't they? Like Resident Evil, House of the Dead, all that sort of jazz. Um, so I don't know. It's it's. I, I think that's a really nice shout. I've not played it, but I've heard good things about it. I was going to say, as anybody else play it, played it, it's, um, it's the one game to, at the end of the first season, to very, very nearly make me cry. Like it's wow. it's God, yeah. that I it's mean, that powerful. Um, I managed it. It nearly made my fiance cry, which doesn't doesn't happen. Um, that's yeah, crazy. Very emotive. Yeah, I I don't know if it was if it was the option I chose at the end, but I just remember um, Lee with the the line, "You keep that hair short, Clementine," and I just felt myself just well up, and I was like, <laughs> "No." Right. <laughs> it was, oh god it's awful um and i've only played a little bit of the second season um i've got literally all of them i bought them on ps4 the other day to replay them so um yeah. i've, I've got good fun coming minute, uh they were at the time i don't remember i think i paid maybe 15 16 quid for the lot i think yeah, maybe, maybe 25 like i but you get a lot of game for your your money um but yeah they are great they're it's a bit of a weird style you know if you've never Played. it's almost point and click almost um yeah. a lot of um, quick time events and yeah. things like that um, but it's well worth a try if people haven't tried it oh amazing i'd love to check it out so would you say sarah that you it's beneficial to kind of have a knowledge of the series or can you go straight in not at all um so it doesn't relate to any of the tv series it's kind of got its own narrative its own set of characters it hints to certain themes um, from the show so i think we do a spin-off um of a character called michonne who features quite heavily in the walking dead series so she has got her own um i guess min mini series of the game which unfortunately wasn't my favorite um but it was still enjoyable and interesting to see how they adapted her character for the video game because they're all based on comics aren't they um, mm -hmm. down down to it um 
which is nicely reflected in the actual style of the video game itself. It's got that nice calm and even like the zombie effects and the sounds and everything like that. It's still still gory enough to make you go, ooh, that's a bit grim. Um, so it's not all cartoony fun and games. It's, it is pretty brutal at times. I'd, I'd say the graphic novels are definitely worth a look as well for anyone who's into that kind of oh, stuff. Definitely. Sweet. So we've had two of different choices so far. One being a film, but not kind of your typical film. And another one being uh, from a completely different medium altogether. We've had a game, uh, which is fantastic. Um, Liam, I'm going to yes. leave Richard last on this one because Richard is a master of zombies. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's <laughs> zombie king. making of the zombies. The, the keeper hey. of the zombies. Um, so I, I've I've picked a choice, but I probably would say just as honourable mentions, um, there's two TV series that I definitely recommend checking out. Um, Dead Set, uh, which is UK, basically Big Brother yeah. overwhelmed by zombies, yeah. um, gave me nightmares uh, as a kid, and also a BBC series called In the Flesh, which again is a unique that. a unique take on on zombies, kind of what happens after people have come back from the dead and um, how people deal with it like socially. There's a lot of metaphors going on. It's really, really good. Um, partway through season two at the moment, so no spoilers. Um, but I've gone back for a film. I was thinking, like, what would be a good film uh, to pick? Uh, mine's also a, a Zomcom, uh, same as you, uh, Jono. And mine is the 1985 film, The Return of the Living Dead. Um so I don't know if you guys have seen it at all, but it if you haven't, I would implore you to definitely check it out. Um, it's directed by Dan O'Bannon, who also happens to be one of the writers on Alien. Uh, he's wrote, written on Total Recall and Life Force as well. So he's made mainly more well-known for writing than directing. Um, it has several sequels. Um, and what's fun about the series, because I think you kind of have to look at the series as a whole, is in the, in the second film, they essentially bring the same cast back for the same things to happen, but they play different characters, <laughs> which is just absolutely mint. Um, the third film is a lot more serious. It's in the 90s. It's a lot more angsty and kind of what you'd expect for a 90s film. But um, the original, the OG, I think is absolutely uh, amazing. Um, it stars Tom Matthews uh, as the character of Freddy, uh, and his girlfriend in the film is called Tina, which is quite funny. Uh, it's very on the nose with the references. Um, and it's also got Linnea Quigley, who's essentially like a screen queen legend. She's uh, amazing. She plays the character of Trash, so <laughs> it tells you a lot about these uh, these names. Um, essentially... Uh, Freddie works at a medical supply warehouse. It's called You Need a Medical Supply. And um, they there was a mix-up of some orders with the military. And there's these vats, these barrels in the basement that have got these bodies in. And uh, they're joking around and they're like, well, these things will never break. They're made by the US government and all hell ensues. Gas leaks everywhere. And um, essentially... What's unique, I think, about this film is it references Night of the Living Dead. It calls them zombies as as well. And it says that Night of the Living Dead is actually based off of the these barrels that are made by the, the government. But George A. Romero had to change certain elements of the story to not be sued. It's, it's <laughs> kind of like that. Um, 
But what's kind of crazy about it is you've got the traditional like slow moving zombies. They're not necessarily like fast running ones, um, but they don't die if you hit them in the head or get rid of the brain. There's like one really grim sequence where this guy puts a pickaxe through this guy's head and he's still alive. And then they saw this guy's head off and he's still alive. Um, and ultimately they end up cremating him and then his particles go up into the air and then there's a thunderstorm and then <laughs> everyone turns into zombies. Um, so it's um, it, it's a really, really good film. Um, there's a great scene as well because they're in this warehouse and there's all these medical cadavers and they have uh, animal ones for uh, veterinary schools. And there's all these like half sliced open dogs that like kind of come alive and and like it, it's it's absolutely crazy. Um I think yeah, it's it's a, a great a great uh, film to to check out. Um, it obviously predates the likes of Shaun of the Dead, which kind of cashed in on Dawn of the Dead being remade in '04. This was very much obviously around the same sort of time, but in the '80s. Um, and I don't know, you know, watching it, I still thought that the prosthetics and all of that sort of jazz really held up, um, and I was still laughing. So it's it's obviously obviously well made, uh, I would say. Um, also, I guess the last thing I would say is, is the zombies talk, um, which I kind of felt like we were going to get with Army of the Dead, you know, because they were kind of hinting at the them being intelligent and evolving and that sort of thing. But zombies just fully talk in this film. Um, mm -hmm. And there's there's one bit which is actually hilarious. Uh, a zombie eats a paramedic. Um, so he's just eating his brain and then dispatches on the radio. And it's like, what's going on there? And then the zombie radios to send more paramedics. And there's just this, this absolutely amazing sequence where all these police cars then pile up uh, and everything's fine. And then all these zombies just come out and just eat all of the police officers. <laughs> so it's, um, it's a great film. It's got an amazing soundtrack. Um, I, I can't tell you how much more I love it, to be honest. It's just quintessential 80s zombie fun. I can't believe you've not mentioned this one to us before, Liam. To be yeah. fair, I only recently discovered it. I think I probably watched it about two, three years ago. Right. Um, and this must have been like, what, the third time I've watched it, like last night before this podcast. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, why are we not on like a group call just watching this? Because it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, and I just, yeah, I know for a fact that we'd all be absolutely pissing ourselves. Oh, yeah, I've <laughs> just done a quick search to remind me to watch that one later because I haven't seen that one. And it sounds great. Yeah, it's, it is good. I would say the, the original is by far the best and like always happens, they get worse as they go along. But um, there's some crazy, like cool ideas with the zombies um, and like they explain um, the reason that they have to eat brains is because essentially it hurts to be dead because rigor mortis is a thing and their brains don't work and they need oh. to eat brains to feel better. It's yeah, it's it, it's funny and it kind of puts a bit of a spin on it as to why some of this law that we're so used to is a thing so when you say um, that they can speak mm -hmm. how 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 do they speak are they that well they fully there's like one section where essentially half of this zombie woman kind of gets into the facility that they're in uh, and they tie her down because they're in like a morgue they tie her down like on the slab and they just fully ask her questions and oh. she's speaking um, and they're like, why do you eat brains? And she's like, because it hurts. Like, it's agony to be to be dead. I can feel myself rotting. So it's, um, I don't know. It's, it's something I'm kind of surprised 
more films haven't tapped into i mean like i kind of mentioned within the flash the series i think they kind of touched upon it like there's practicalities of people being dead um that i don't know a lot of films kind of just brush under the rug like you know when these zombies are running and 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 all of this stuff like things probably wouldn't work that way because yeah. they'd be seized up <laughs> you just sort of assume don't you that because they're dead it's that's it they're not that's not hurting but actually if you're running on a leg that's in half that's that's going to smart a bit i think for bones popping out that depends mm. on uh what kind of zombies you're talking about though surely because mm. you know, if you're yeah. talking about like ones that are actually dead then yes that completely applies but then if you look at the likes of 28 days later and stuff like that where it is literally mm. a virus that's taking over the body kind of similar to yeah the, like the last of us type stuff where they're not actually dead they've just been taken over then they're going to be running and they're going to be able to do everything that a normal human can do i think that's what's so cool about the zombie genre is i don't know there's these certain elements that we all recognize and like we said about kind of like the slow moving ones and the fast ones and the sounds and and all of that and biting get rid of the head um but they can all go about it and get there in different ways. And I think that's usually where the originality lies in the films is how these zombie apocalypses have started. Cause I, I can remember for ages, I was terrified of monkey because of 28 days later, I was like, just, just one bite. And that is it. <laughs> we're, we're like on the edge of an apocalypse every time I go to a zoo. But um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think, yeah, it depends on how the film establishes what zombies are in it. So I didn't realize that um yeah there's there's five of them apparently Liam in the series. Yeah, I've 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 like I said I only got up to number 3. Um mm. number 2 is kind of like so bad it's good and like I said it brings back the principal cast to just essentially do the same but as different characters. Um yeah, I I don't know. I don't know if I I'd, I'd need to see more. They're much <laughs> Yeah, there's a big gap between number 3 and number 4 and 5. Uh, yeah, I feel like they're more straight to DVD and like using the name as opposed to actually being part of the series. The latest one is called Return of the Living Dead: Rave to the Grave. So, yes, right. I'm, yes. I'm about that. Well, talking about raving on graves, there is a full. I mean, it's it, again, it's a film that would never really get made. I think now the way it was, there is a full frontal nudity, like uh, striptease section on a gravestone. Sold. <laughs> like, it just does not give a shit about <laughs> what it's doing. I mean, there's no reason for it to be there. Um, but I guess that kind of speaks of the time. Yeah. Um, Excess, I guess. Just go for it. Yeah. It's it's very, very eight. Absolutely. <laughs> so, Richard, we finally uh, come to you at the dead end of the podcast. Hey, hey. Okay, I got one. Um, have you got one choice, or have you come with a, a horde of choices? Hey. Oh, no. oh, you know, Just... slip that one in there as well. Just thought I'd put that <laughs> one in. Um, go on, Richard, put us out of our misery. So it's something I've really thought about um, over the last couple of days, and I literally, I think, only made my final decision about 12 seconds ago as to what I was going to go for. Um, <laughs> because the entire time I've been thinking across all the different spectrum of stuff I've seen, you know, the, the stuff we've mentioned on the podcast before, stuff like Shaun of the Dead, Anna and the Apocalypse, um, all of that kind of thing. I think I've actually mentioned 
in the past the one that I'm going to go with uh, on this. But then I was also thinking about some of the the really bad stuff that I've seen, stuff like zombie wars where they are literally harvesting humans in cages and every time they open and close the cage door, it makes the exact same sound effect. Uh, (laughs) Like That was dire, but I loved it anyway. Um, Stuff like, I think it was a New Zealand one uh, called Last of the Living where you know at the start they're um one of the characters says something to the other one about like oh do you want anything from the shop i'm going out and he he responds and then you see them like you you think it's before the dead have started walking and then you see him gear up and climb out the window to go to the shop (laughs) (laughs) it's it's already a thing and i was like that's that's fantastic (laughs) from that point of view um but i think for me uh as I say, I, I'm I'm fairly certain we've mentioned it before, um, but Wreck has always been a big one for me. Um, the the Spanish, uh, the Spanish film, and then the American remake Quarantine, which is absolute dog shit. Don't waste <laughs> your time. Do not waste your time with Quarantine. It's terror. It's that bad that with Quarantine Two, instead of doing what they did with Wreck Two, they just went off on their own tangent and set it in an airport. Um, I have no idea what that was, but that was arguably worse than the first one. Um, (laughs) But Wreck, for me, uh, the idea of flipping the entire thing on its head, how how it started, you know, we've had viruses, um, we've had literally the dead coming back to life and raising out of graves. But I think it was the first time I'd ever seen anything done where it came at it from a demonic angle. Yeah. Yeah. and something about that really stuck with me. Um, I don't know if it's just because that kind of stuff scares the absolute shit out of me. Like mm-hmm. I am terrified of, of demons and that kind of stuff. I, I'm not even sure I believe they exist, but it still scares me. Um, so something about that, for me, it, it stuck with me. The performances are fantastic. It's absolutely brutal. Um, I do remember uh, a moment where a zombie gets its face literally stoved in with the camera that's recording the entire thing <laughs> um like that that bit as well just that's ingrained in my memory forever mm-hmm. uh, it's just incredible uh the first one and the second one where that you know they they went for the the SWAT team uh helmet cameras to for a different a different view on it but to be able to continue with that kind of found footage theme we won't talk about three and four and there's probably sure? five by now. Like, I, I don't know. Like you want to miss number three. Yeah, I mean, the less said about John sponge, the better. Let's be honest. Um, that was very odd. And then number four, it's like they tried to go serious with it again. And it was infinitely better than number three, but it still wasn't where it should have been. Yeah. I agree. I think that's I a... think what worked, what worked, sorry what worked so well for it was the fact that it felt so real, and like you said, with the first two films, there was a very uh, valid reason as to why we were in the point of view that we were. Mm-hmm. So with the camera crew, the SWAT team. I mean, I did like the premise of the third one being the wedding video, like yeah, like that. Like again, it felt legit, but it was just I don't know. I think that's maybe where. Um, Zomcoms don't work <laughs> when yeah. you have, have John Sponge come in. <laughs> I mean, it, it might have worked as if it was a standalone film and nothing to do with the franchise. It then maybe 
like we would have liked it more but the fact it came off the back of those two which you say were really like visceral and gritty and in your face like the the bloke falling from the top of the stairs yeah. in the first one and just splatting on the ground i'm like oh okay that's the kind of film we're in and then john sponge like the the attic scene as well just well not the attic attic but like you know where they go up to the the top floor yeah like just the thought of it just makes me shudder like yeah. the just the one light it, i mean it's so mm-hmm. simplistic but it's god it's terrifying and i mean it's been replicated so much since hasn't it like yeah. i think that was kind of at the height of because we had such a period of time didn't we where everything was a zombie film or everything was um fan footage and i think like the likes of walking dead coming out really helped propel zombies into uh, the mindset of a lot of people but yeah that was a successful one uh rack i love that yeah, it, it was great um for anyone listening who's never heard of it rec as in record um you'll be able to find it um don't waste your time with quarantine it again might have been decent if rec hadn't existed first well like, just, quarantine was pretty much just rec but in english wasn't it yeah uh which and not done as well but not done as well and i think you lose that sense of kind of otherness that you get from it being in somewhere that isn't recognizably home mm. uh, so you, you've already got that level of unease and then you're already looking maybe a little bit more at the screen than you normally would because you've got to translate the subtitles um, and mm-hmm. I think that really draws you in uh, and it gives it that sense of, of reality a little bit more uh, like these things are being transcribed in front of you. You're watching something that potentially has actually happened. Uh, I think it's mm-hmm. fantastic, but I will not hear a bad word said about John Sponge. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, he redeems the third film entirely. Completely saves the franchise. Yeah. He does. He does. And if he doesn't get his own spin off, um, what's gone wrong? And if anyone's, <laughs> you know, there to play him, it will be Nicolas Cage. I mean, I, I was just going to go back. I was going to say he's probably the real life figure that we want played by Nicolas Cage. <laughs> I, I, could, I could get behind that. There we go. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm, okay, I'm okay with that. And that brings us to the end of this month's episode of the Super Freak Media Podcast, No Ghouls Allowed. Uh, thank you very much for listening. But before we go, uh, Sarah's got a little bit of something to say about a project that she's been working on. Sure do. So you may have seen if you are following us on social media. If not, why not? (laughs) The usual link will be in the description for you to go and follow us. Um, But I look after uh, a thing called Terror Tutorials um, on our socials, which is essentially me having a lot of fun with some fake blood and doing some creepy makeup. So if you're interested in that sort of thing, please join in the fun. Uh, There's one episode released every single month on our instagram and tiktok channels and this month we are doing a very special one to mark midsummer so do stay tuned for that fantastic and what day does that come out on sarah seventh of every month Ooh, fail. exciting exciting <laughs> stuff Rushes on now. that's it so it's the seventh of every month which is every month. two weeks away Ooh. um so again thank you very much for listening to this month's episode next month starting next month we will be adding a new segment to the podcast called foreign bodies which is going to 
kind of highlight some films that hopefully people may not have seen. So we're going to be talking about films uh, from world cinema. So it could be something from Asia, it could be something from Europe, it could be something from South America or anywhere else in the world. But hopefully we're going to be shedding light on some films that need uh, and definitely... Oh, I can't think of the words, Liam. It's gone. Deserve. Deserve. Warren. Should we go with deserve? Deserve, deserve. Or <laughs> Don't like Warrant as much. We'll have deserve. Uh, definitely Warren. deserve a wider audience. Um, so we're all going to come and have a, a think about films that might tickle your fancy. Cough, from Wreck, Wreck 2 and... Wreck 3, <laughs> John Sponge. Cough. Um, but so yeah next month we'll be talking about John Sponge uh, in Rep 3 Uh, so you can look forward to that Uh, as always please uh, give our Instagram uh, post a like and share it to enter the competition this month to win some Super Freak Media goodies Um, Richard thank you very much for coming thank you for bringing your zombie knowledge and thank you for seeing the films that we've been talking about yeah. this month. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nearly, nearly all of them. That's nearly right. all of them. Uh, <laughs> but seriously, thank you very much for coming on the uh, on the show this month. Uh, thank you, Sarah. Thank you very much. And thank you, Liam. You are most welcome. It's been a, an absolute treat, guys. Oh, it's been lovely, hasn't it? It has, uh, yeah. So see you all next time. And remember, keep it creepy and see you on the other side. Was was that you being a zombie? (laughs) 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 So good. And I love that film. Great, gradely. I mean, apart from the part where I got very, very confused about who a character was and accidentally called one of the most charming <laughs> characters. He was a dick. He was a dick. <laughs> oh, I really liked him, Rich. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> the, the, prob- the, pro- the main problem I had was that, like, my connection kept dropping out. So I was dipping back in at random points and trying to work out what was going on. Shit, and mate. then, yeah, I got very confused. No excuses, mate. Just very use your confused. DSLR, it'll be fine. Thanks, yeah. Rich. <laughs> it's, my, uh, it's my internet connection, mate. Dialogue. Like, yeah. That was uh, that was funny when we were just like, yeah, Dita, one of the nicest characters ever. Yeah. yeah dick, 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 mate. Dick. <laughs> just like, what? Yeah. Um, I did realise I didn't say uh, Theo's thoughts. I don't know if you want me to record or say what he or read what he said or if you want to leave it out. I can't remember whether I told you before we started recording um, or if I said it during and then just. Did. He did tell before. me. I'm not entirely sure how we could squeeze it in. It's going to be very yeah. shoehorned. <laughs> It'll just be like, yeah, so Army of the Dead was great. 
Theo uh, also uh, added. <laughs> it, well, there's there's going to be a nice little bit in there uh, where you cut out the bit where I said bad things about Dieter. No, so no, that's going in. I don't, no, I don't quite anything in. 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 What you could do, uh, you could... Um... To be fair, he, he kind of just said a lot of the stuff that we'd said. What so. about if you... Actually, we so, Sorry, Theo. I'll just add this on at the end. You know, in the bit after the music. This, this is the bit that's going in. Oh, just yeah, say, what, sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry Theo. Theo. Totally forgot to uh, to add your bit in, um, but here we go. 